Another frustrating loss for the Chicago Bears as they fall to the Washington Commanders 12-7 to at Soldier Field this past Thursday on Thursday night. Football moving their record to 2-4. and four. Washington moved to 2-4 and four as well. And there's so much to get into in this game. We're, we're going to have to break down what happened with Justin Fields and another muff punts, another missed opportunity, many missed opportunities in the red zone. And what was just another disappointing ending to a Chicago Bears game in a season that is filled with ups and downs, disappointments and triumphs. As we have to remind ourselves that this is a rebuild and we are here on the Sports Cubicle. I'm Mike Mercado, Devin Tingle, Paul Shavari, and the Marvelous One, and Marver throughout the entire show. So where do we begin in this mess? I think the the best way to just kind of start breaking it down by the numbers first, and then we'll kind of go into what we actually saw on the field, more specifically some of the plays we didn't see on the field. But Justin Fields, 14 to 27, 190 yards, one touchdown, one interception. We also saw Justin Fields carry the ball 12 times for 88 yards. Khalil Herbert carried the ball seven times for 75 yards. One of those, a huge 60-yard play. David Montgomery, 15 carries for 67 yards. Dante Pettis with a touchdown. Darnell Mooney with seven receptions for 68 yards. And if we jump to the commanders really fast, just to see Carson Wentz, 12 for 22, 99 passing yards. Brian Robinson Jr. coming back from being shot this preseason during the summer and miraculously gets back and has 17 carries for 60 yards and a touchdown. Terry McLaurin, their star receiver, Pretty much does nothing. Three receptions for 41 yards. And it was, I mean, the Bears, it, it, the frustrating thing about this is just look at these numbers. In total yards, the Bears, 392 compared to Washington's 214. The passing yards, 154 to 86 in favor of the Bears. Now, that's not a lot, but still, you dominated in that, that field. 238 rushing yards for Chicago compared to 128 for Washington. Unbelievable. How about this? 20 first downs for Chicago, 14 for the Commanders. The Bears, 5 of 13 from third down. You have Washington since 2 for 11. But here's where it starts getting, you can start really putting it together. Bears allowed five sacks. You only got to Carson Wentz three times. You lost a ball in a fumble. You lost a ball due to an interception. That's where the Bears lost this game. So why don't we just get into it, right? Let's just... Let's stop going through the BS and let's actually talk about what we saw in this game. Because the numbers, we you know, we have to do that because of fantasy football and gambling and all that. But honestly, we saw what happened in that game. There were moments where Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears are in the red zone. On the goal line, essentially. The one-yard line, ready to score. And you can't get the ball in with Khalil Herbert. You miss a give-me to a tight end in Griffin by Justin Fields. And then you fumble the ball when your defense stops them. And you're at the end of the game, and all you need to do is get a couple first downs. And Bayless Jones, for the second time in three games, fumbles the ball. Washington gets the ball in the six-yard line, score a touchdown with Brian Robinson. Game over. That's what happened in this game. That's what happened in this game. Too many times we saw Justin Fields patting the ball, patting the ball, three seconds, counting down his receivers, holding on, and not throwing it. Kirk Herbstreet brought it up in the middle of this broadcast. This guy is NFL open. There were plenty of times where Pettis is down the middle. And he's just he's continuing to hold on to the ball. 
That's been my biggest criticism of Justin Fields over these last 18, 19 games. He's just not willing to throw the ball. He is the lowest-ranked quarterback when it comes to throwing the ball in tight windows. And in the NFL, everything is a tight window. Not everything is a gimme. And it's, of course, you get the play where he just, it's a a breakdown and he hits Dante Pettis with a picture-perfect throw over the shoulder right in the end zone. Pettis comes up with it, actually catches the ball, and you score a touchdown. You look like an NFL run offense that's high octane, that's doing things that modern football teams do. And in a game where you score seven points. Now, we knew the turnaround from Sunday to Thursday. It's rough. It's rough for the best of teams, let alone a bad team. And I think that's what we've learned over these last few weeks. We were able to trick ourselves. Or we were able to drink the Kool-Aid that, oh, that win against San Francisco in the monsoon. That win against Houston. But then you see what happens to New York and to Green Bay. And you see the deficiencies. You see the mistakes. And you see the, the growing pains of this team. And that's what's happening right now. I think that's the, the thing that Bears fans have to really understand. What if you bring DJ Moore in? What difference does it make? This team is too broken. This offensive line is getting Justin Fields killed. And here's the thing. How many times did you watch on that Thursday night game, Justin laying on the field, laying on the turf, wincing, limping, holding body parts? Yeah, it's football. Yeah, we've seen some gross stuff in this sport when it comes to injuries. And we know guys play hurt. But it's unnecessary. And Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus went into this season knowing full well that their line wasn't good, that they didn't have weapons. You're, you're relying on McNeil Harry, Keneal Harry to, to be out there, to, to be your one. Yeah, he was a first-round draft pick. Bill Belichick couldn't get anything out of him. And there's not saying that he doesn't develop into something nice for the Bears, but that's who you're depending on. It doesn't matter who you bring in, whether it's DJ Moore, whether it's somebody off the IR. If Fields can't be protected... And if he's holding on to the ball too long, and if his receivers can't get good separation, what difference does it make? That's what we saw on Thursday. That's what we saw on Sunday. This Bears team gave them all the props in the world when it comes to their professionals. They come to play. They don't quit. They listen to their coach. They just can't execute it. And here's the thing. Bayless Jones, your specialty is returning. But you got the yips. You're going down on one knee and catching the ball off your helmet. In a game where all you need to do, fair catch, bring it in, and your offense will go down the field, get you two first downs, and you put the game away. Because here's the thing. Washington wasn't going to score. Washington wasn't going to go down the field. At that point, you knew this garbage game what it was. You knew this ugly game what it was. You were playing for field position. You were playing to hold on to that ball for as long as you can and hoping that you were going to be deep enough into the field where Carson Wentz was just going to give you the game again. And he tried to plenty of times. But it, it, this, even if they win this game, right? Unless you're getting the play with Khalil Herbert breaks that 60-yarder and then gets into the end zone the very next play. Unless Justin Fields is making that play to Griffin in the, in the end zone to that tight end when he's rolling out to the right, he's got all that space. Unless those are the plays that are happening, it doesn't really matter whether you're winning or losing. We know in the NFL it matters. 
but it would have mattered had you made those plays. In this case, Justin Fields hits one big play, you score a touchdown. You'd be happy to get out of there. But what what if the Bears had won that game? What if the game ended 7-6? Let's just, just for a hypothetical, right? Now, since we have so long to wait until we see New England on Monday Night Football with Bill Belichick. What if you won that game? How much better do you feel? How much development did this Bears team get? Because you've made mistakes that NFL teams cannot. We talk about multiples of seven, of six, and threes and zeros, right? Touchdowns, you get your six. Field goals, you get your three. Get nothing if you can't get it into the into the end zone, right? Pretty simple. Pretty basic. A lot of people are doing it right. They're, the way we're watching it because of betting and fantasy football is multiples of three and sixes. Okay. You can't walk away. I get it. I get going in for it on fourth down. I get going for it. Uh, I, I get wanting to get the points. But you can't walk away with nothing. And that's what a bad football team is. The great football teams put six points on the board. Good football teams put three points on the board. Bad football teams come away with nothing. Bad football teams give the ball up in the red zone. And that's what the Bears do. I, I still believe in Justin Fields. I believe you can't judge a kid before 20 games. Like, like we, especially a guy that doesn't have anything. Where it's so obvious. Where the entire pundits in national media, local media, and the fan base have seen it. But we can also be honest with our criticism of Fields. Of his, the way he sees the game. And this is something that happened at Ohio State. But don't get it twisted. This is a dude that in the two seasons at Ohio State threw over 60 touchdowns. Now, you know, it's a little different when you have like Chris Olave and some of these other cats that they had on that team. But the, the fact remains, it's not like he doesn't possess a rocket of an arm, that he isn't a good quarterback. But if he's making those same mistakes, if he's not recognizing it, if he's not catching up to it yet of what an NFL open receiver is, and on top of it, he's got a bad offensive line and arguably the worst wide receiver group in the entire NFL. What did you think was going to happen? What did we all think was going to happen? I think we were all hoping that maybe there was going to be a few diamonds in the rough, some guys overachieving, and you're able to just kind of get to know something. But so far, after what, going into week six, what have you learned about the Chicago Bears when it comes to assessment? What have we learned? Justin Fields can make some big plays every once in a while. Yeah, we knew that. We knew that about the Pittsburgh game last year. Your offensive line is bad, and you have no receivers. You can't judge anything. How good is Darnell Mooney? We know that he's not a true one. And I'm talking about, like, the elites of the elites of the elites. Like the Cooper Cubs, Justin Jeffersons of the world. The Steph Diggs and the Tyree Kills. He's not that. Not many people on this planet are like that. So how can you even assess him when a guy who's a two or three on other teams is being double teamed? Sometimes not even, but he's the focal point of a defense. How do you judge that? How do you judge this defense? How can you assess how much money you're going to give Roquan besides just look at the individual stats, his tackles, which a lot of it is just the deficiency of defensive line and him having to make tackles. How do you judge him? How do you make the right assessment on this team? And of course, on, on fields. How can I, as a fan, I know it's not my job and I know they're smarter than me, but if somebody who watches this for a living, who talks about it with a living, for a living, how can you make 
assessments where you don't know what's real and what's not. And you can make the argument, okay, we'll bring in a DJ Moore. Well, you're bringing, what are you doing to bring in DJ Moore? What are you giving up? This team can no longer give up draft assets to bring in people like that. They need to fill up this roster with young draft high-end talent in the defensive line, the offensive line, some linebackers, obviously receivers. There's a lot to fix on this Bears team. And I think what what I maybe this week I come up a little bit more frustrated here on the sports cubicle as we break down the Chicago Bears loss to the Washington Commanders. They lose 12 to 7, moving their record to 2 and 4. We wait for Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots next week on Monday Night Football. But I think what makes me just so frustrated is it was Washington. In the NFL, there is no gimmies, there's no guarantees, but there are games you should win. There are games that you should be in a position to beat this team and have your way and put your game plan in place. This was one of those games, and they couldn't do it. And that's what's frustrating. This was a game that you could put on film, and we can scout, assess, evaluate, and make decisions on, and that wasn't the case. It's another missed opportunity. So those are, it's a lot. It's a lot in just one game. But again, you're the national spotlight. You're the game. You have Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreit talking about you. The entire week, people making fun of you, that you're going to be the most boring game. Who wants to watch this? You can skip this. You should be embarrassed that that's where you're put. Your franchise is being put on. I don't blame Justin Fields. I don't, you know, Valus Jones messed up a play. It's a football play. He's just, he, he either has the yips or is not good enough to do that. I blame Brian Poles and the McCaskies. They knew what they put together in this season. Ryan Poles gets a little bit of a pass. They didn't have a lot of money. A lot of the money on this on this salary cap are playing for other teams, right? So there's going to be a lot of money next year. But all this is him trying to fix a mess that this regime has made for the last 30 years. And the pressure that Fields must feel, because he's not dumb. He's a smart young man who played at Ohio State for two years, played in the SEC, is talented enough. We've seen it. He's not dumb on social media. He knows the pressure of being the savior of the Chicago Bears at that position. And it all falls right back down to this horrible ownership. So only by week six at two and four, are we sitting here? Oh, this, that, we evaluate. We don't, we don't have enough to evaluate this team yet. So many concerns. And you still don't trust the ownership to get it right. At least I don't. So I'm done with moral victories. I'm done with giving the ownership, more specifically, passes. It's time to be critical. It's time to be honest. And all these dudes are on the clock. Because in the NFL, when the turnaround is so fast, and it only takes a season or two to get things right, and you see, even though a Detroit team is still going to Detroit, putting up 30 points, one of the leading offenses in the NFL. Aaron Rodgers still winning games without having a receiving core. And Minnesota, if Kirk Cousins isn't playing on primetime, maybe the best team in the NFC. At least some of the best weapons in the NFC. What are you doing? What have you done to put yourself in a position to be well off for the next 10, 15 years? And what are you doing right now to secure that with the guy you believe is supposed to be that? Because it's not going to get any better. And guys are going to get hurt like they did this past week. 
What are you going to do without Lucas Patrick and Tevin Jenkins? Already with a bad line. This is all stuff that we have to be honest with ourselves now. And it's just glaring his ugly head. But more importantly, I want to know your thoughts. Are you frustrated? Did you get some moral victory out of this? Are you up? Are you down? Are you happy? Are you sad? Are you ecstatic? Are you nervous about Justin Fields, about Matt Eberflus, and Luke Etsy? Luke Etsy's play calling. I mean, we we can spend all day about that. Maybe we'll do that next week, just kind of previewing how he's going to go up against Bill Belichick's defense. But I am terrified to know what Belichick is going to put for Fields and that offense. But what about Ryan Poles? What about the McCaskies? I want to know your thoughts. We're on Twitter at Sports Cubicle TV. How are you feeling after Thursday night football letdown against the commanders for your, for our, for the lovable, for the loyal, for the beloved Chicago Bears? And how are you feeling heading into Monday night football next week? We're on Twitter at Sports Cubicle TV. It's the marvelous one, Dan Marver. It's Devin Tingle. It's Paul Shavari. I'm Mike Mercado.